The Gospels are the accounts of the words and works of our Savior Jesus. It's there that we learn of the acts of love that mean for us forgiveness and everlasting life. Join us to study one of these Gospels, the book of Matthew. Read a chapter and then listen in as our pastors from Grace discuss the marvel of God's words to us. We hope that you listen to Jesus' words and that with us you grow. Here's another discussion on a chapter from the book of Matthew. Hey, podcast listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Most Certainly True Podcast. Uh, I'm Pastor Brian Hockman. I'm here with my colleague, Pastor Hebner. How are you today? I am just fine, Pastor Hockman. Great to see you. Yeah. Good to be with you doing podcast stuff again. It's always a treat and an honor. And here we're in this series of chapter by chapter, giving a little bit of background or whatever, or insights maybe on Matthew's gospel. It must be working because people are coming back and listening. So <laughs> if, they, if they're hearing us talk here on chapter 17, they, they must, must have enjoyed the first 16 chapters. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, this will be something because as uh, we were doing a little bit of thinking, you know, you get to chapter 17, it's true for all earlier chapters, right? There's stuff that just explodes off the page and you can spend oodles and oodles of time and minutes, hours just d- talking about what's in each chapter. But 17 has got some big stuff and it starts off with a bang. Yeah. So are you are we diving right in or it's, you want to Sure, it's good to be here. So. Rainy weather. <laughs> <laughs> People listen to this at a different time of the year when it's frozen or something outside, but <laughs> much needed rain, right? Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of uh, uh, study time together in the next few days and as pastors, but I know my, my lawn will be a forest maybe by the time we get back <laughs> if this rain keeps up. <laughs> yeah, we needed it though. Yeah, yeah. Go at it with a machete instead of the lawnmower. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a treat. And, you know, Matthew 17, Matthew is not the most chronological of the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He groups things like a good Hebrew thinker and man with miracles and stories and parables in groups of threes or sevens or tens. or That's his style. But now we're getting into a section of Matthew's gospel where there will be a little closer to the chronology that we find in Mark and Luke and some parallel accounts. We're about six months to go now before Jesus is up on that, up on that big hunk of wood, nailed. So the transfiguration is quite significant that the chapter starts off with this. After six days, is that what he said? After eight days? Six days. Six days. He had been up in the northern regions of Caesarea Philippi, across the border, you know, kind of in private time with the disciples. Who did people say I am? Peter's confession. But now, you just imagine what this is. I've often thought about this. It's Peter, James, and John who were with him in Jairus, house with a little girl raised. They're going to be with him yes. in the garden. Right. That's those you know? three places, right? Right. Yeah. And now up on the mountain, how significant this has to be for them and then also for Jesus. So that's worth our podcasters who are listening to and then reading scripture to just think about for this transfiguration. I think those who are doing a podcast like this are familiar with the account up on this high hill exactly geographically where it is i have my opinions you might have yours you know where is this but um that 
that it happens that three disciples are with Jesus and his he starts to shine. All his divine glory comes shining out. <laughs> and, and Moses and Elijah are suddenly there with him chatting. And the disciples are like, holy cow, get the, you know, wow, sunglasses. Yeah. I can't take, this is something. And then when they catch what's going on, let's stay. But then down the mountain they go. And um, first of all, for the Savior, right? I mean, he's the Son of God, and he knows what's coming. In fact, just before this chapter and during this chapter, he's going to predict to the guy, hey, boys, I'm going to Jerusalem, and you know it's Passover time. I'm going to go. I'll be arrested, condemned. I'm going to die. It's, it's happening. He has this on his heart. Not only does he know he's going to be in Jerusalem in like six months, to die, which would be icky enough for anybody to think about, but he's bearing my sins, which is a huge load. And then yours too, Pastor. <laughs> Pastor Rock. And all our podcasts. I, I understood that you were grouping me in with. Yeah, uh, well, with I, mine are heavier, believe me. <laughs> and, you know, it, and the more you think about that, that's on his heart. He's got to, because it's not just I'm going to die, but he's going to have to pay. He's going to have to do hell which I should and you should. And that that is not an easy thing to think about. Right. Which, Bearing that load. Which is made all the more remarkable by the transfiguration, that Jesus shows us who he really is. Yeah. And he is the last one on earth who should have been picked for that task. Here he shines with this is the my glory son. of God that he truly yeah. is, uh-huh. yet he's willing to set that glory aside. He's in the process of of keeping that glory hidden like he has been in his entire right. uh, life here on earth, um, and he's going to let it really get marred and muddied and, and uh, hard to see as he hangs and bleeds from the cross. So this becomes for Jesus, because he is the God-man. He is fully God, but he's fully human, and his divinity now shines out. This is what I often call the transfig- a shot in the arm for Jesus. Who is talking to him? This would be the first prophet, the first preacher, the first proclaimer, Moses. He writes the first five books where the Genesis 3.15 passage, you know, the devil, God says, there's mm-hmm. going to be a descendant of the woman going to crush your head. And that's all unloaded. And, and, and in the early books of Moses, this has started to become unpacked. And then who is the first in the line of the proclaimers? some of whom uh, become writers of the scriptures, Isaiah, Jeremiah, right? But who's the first in this line of a special role that God gave to the Israelites? It's Elijah. Yeah. So Moses, in a sense, is a military leader, king-like. He's a proclaimer, a prophet, and he's brother Aaron is priest-like, but he's from the Levi tribe, and he has this threefold prophet, priest, and king kind of language in his own, or, you know, in his own being, Moses. But Elijah is this. Pro- so who are the ones? To- it's the it's the very first who are saying, "This is what God had planned since the fall into sin. You are the one, and we are the ones who have proclaimed it, predicted it, because God told us to. And you keep on the keep on going. You're you're on the right track. You're doing it. Go. You will. You are God, and you are human, and it will. You are the right. You are the only one. The voice from heaven. This is my son. So to get a boost. He gets his his injection of of courage and energy, and yes, I am going to. He just predicted I'm going to go to die, but now with all that burden, this is the boost he needs. 
The le- you can make it to the end. You will do it. You are the world's savior. You will die, suffer hell, but you will rise again. It's Moses at a light. It's just a great moment. <coughs> Excuse me, thinking. <coughs> thinking of Jesus and what he's going through. Yeah. Pardon me. So I have a question, which is dangerous <laughs> maybe to ask it live on podcast, yeah. but that's all well, right. I cough away here. No, you're good. <laughs> so is it it's the book of Deuteronomy where Moses makes the messianic promise chapter 18 out of you will come a prophet, prophet like, like me, me. Yeah. Uh-huh. is there a is there a phrase in that that talks about li- listening to him mm-hmm. okay similar to God the Father mm-hmm. also pointing at yep. Jesus and yep. saying mm-hmm. listen to him yep <laughs> that so that gets repeated mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. Um, in the presence Beautiful of the connection. one who made the first exactly. Yeah, so not only the Genesis 3, but the Deuteronomy and the five books, you know. And then what's the center of the five books? The the Day of Atonement, right, in Leviticus. So all of that is Moses' language, and he's there. Yes, you are the, you're not only the scapegoat, but the one who's going to be sacrificed in place of it. Yes, you are the promised crusher of Satan. Yes, you are the prophet. You are the king. That's all. It, Moses is the first to unload that and put it in print, and he's the one, It you know, give Jesus a big, Boost, pat on the shoulder, you go, you do it. And Elijah the same, you know, he is the one with the, you, to people, you're sinners and you need it, repent, and the Savior is coming to take care of them. And that's, I think that's significant that God had Moses and Elijah give this boost to Jesus, right. who needs it, because he's going to have to face hell. As as Old and, Testament and representatives it. of... Yep. <clears throat> This, Everything, this story has been told for thousands and thousands yep. of years, and it's all pointed forward yep. to... It's basically 39 books. We're here to represent, yeah. and, and it's you, <laughs> and you are the one. They're Go. The, like the flag bearers, right? Is that, exactly right. <laughs> I, I just think that is... It's not, it's not like Jesus is on this mount, and then, you know, uh, the prophet Nahum shows up, you know, or, you know, it's not like... Jacob, or which would be fine, but no, this or is some significant. of the unnamed, the man of God from Judah. Yeah, <laughs> that we don't even know their name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is significant, and that that's a big thing for podcasters and all of us Christians to think through the transfiguration, and uh, it's a boost. But then for the disciples, it's a boost because as they are stunned at this divinity shining through, which is beyond what they can even look at. Six months later, they're going to look up at the cross. Yeah, did they run away? Were they scared? Sure. But, you know, they're peeking through the shrubbery, and John is there watching with Mary as he bleeds out. And then they can remember. And Peter writes about it in his in his second letter, you know. He says, yeah. so we were there. The majestic glory saw it. And that one who is dying, suffering, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's not just our friend. That's not just teacher guy. That's God. So this transfiguration is highly significant uh, for Jesus, for the disciples, and for us. He's the right one. It happened twice in this chapter. Jesus says it on the way down the mountain. Don't tell anyone until the Son of Man has been raised yeah. from the dead. Yeah. And then he predicts suffering, uh-huh. death, and resurrection. Yeah. And then how do they respond? They're filled with grief. It's like they can't ever hear the resurrection part. <laughs> I, How do you grasp that? Right. You know, other than the fact he raised three people that, as far as we know, from the dead, that he himself would be raised. 
I find it striking they don't even ask, like, hold on, what? What are you talking? They're, they don't yeah. even question that. They're always just distraught with yeah. suffering and death. Yeah. And no, Peter, you know, last chapter <laughs> it was Peter trying to prevent Jesus. You can't go down that path. Stay yeah. away from that. Yeah. And and now here they're filled with grief. It's not even a. I got we got some we have some questions back here about uh, yeah. this whole resurrection thing. But Easter um, dawn, you know, Mary of Magdala is there, and Peter and John run out. And they see the empty tomb, and they're still and still huh? Yeah, hold on, you wait, know? what? So later at night, he shows up, huh? You know, <laughs> is it a ghost? No, you know. So the 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 concept of that resurrection is is the most powerful miracle of all time, and hard for them to grasp. Speaking of miracles, then this chapter does include another one. Where you have this poor lad with the seizures, right? And I just think the language that Jesus uses here when he's chiding his disciples, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, he's talking to them. How long shall I stay with you? So apparently yeah. the, the disciples are out there, you know, doing as he had commanded them, not only preaching but some miracles, but they must have downshifted from, you know, being up in high gear and they're in low gear thinking, well, some of this stuff we can do. You know, we don't need Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. No. So the complaint that my son is suffering, I brought it to your disciples and they couldn't heal him. So they were, they were striking out on their own in a way that demonstrated they weren't completely relying on Jesus for that. Yeah, it's interesting that it, there are times that Jesus shares his power, and in yeah. Jesus' name, the disciples are sometimes given the ability to do miracles. Yeah, uh, but here, and then they see get why shied, couldn't we do it? Well, they get chided for it, and yeah, and the reason they couldn't is because they were focused on themselves and not him. Right? They Look at like, us; we can do miracles. Oh, not so much. It's parallel to Peter walking on water. Sure. Did he walk on water? Yeah, for a little. Did he? Did he look away from Jesus? <laughs> And sink, yeah. And this is the same thing. Were they able to do uh, demon possession healings and other healings? Yes. When they looked away from Jesus, like Peter on the water, did they fail? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why that statement, I think, is just very fascinating. And verse 20, you have so little faith, and he's not talking about saving faith in his forgiveness, but he's talking about faith in a specific promise. Like, you know, when he promises, um, seek first his kingdom, and his righteous, all these things will be given to you, or um, like a promise in Romans chapter 8 that all things work together for good. Those are specific promises. That's what he's talking about. Right. Faith well, in a specific Whenever promise. Jesus talks about the size of a faith, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Because right? he, saving faith isn't a big or little right. or weak or strong. It's, it's yes it's, or no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not talking about their trust in him as a savior for, uh, for, uh, of uh, forgiving their sins. He's talking about their trust in a specific promise, like, you know, you can go out and preach and heal, or like, you know, all things will work together for good, or like Peter walking on water. So that's that's how we clear that up a little bit, because that kind of trust in a promise of Jesus means you can move mountains. Now, Jesus never made that specific promise, but it's, it's like that. You trust in a promise of Jesus that's specific, and he will do it. He'll do what's seemingly impossible, work all things together for good for those who love him, even in the worst days. Right. And he will. So, so here, just to tie the, those previous two thoughts together, mm -hmm. the faith in a promise that Jesus has made, he promised that in my name and to bring me glory, you can do these miracles. Presumably, then, they were out doing miracles in their own name. In their own so, name, yeah. Or for, to bring themselves glory. glory. Right, right. And that was their lack of trust in the promise because exactly. they weren't putting that yep. promise 
into practice, they were actually. That's how I would definitely read this. Yeah. So we don't think that he's talking about them as being like unbelievers, not in his forgiveness. And then, of course, that ties beautifully into another, as far as we know, there's three. This is the second time in Matthew's gospel. Now he's predicting his going to Jerusalem to die. And then the chapter ends with something that no other gospel writer has, this temple tax. Yeah. That, that's one that, you know, there are Bible accounts that kind of make you smile, you know. <laughs> and this is one, isn't it? You yeah. know, it's a... It's, my family and I, we watch uh, America's Got Talent. Okay. And uh, this seems like one of those. That sometimes they got some pretty far out magicians. <laughs> and look under your seat. Or it, I, for some reason, that call sure. is called divine. Jesus says, throw your line out and let's see what's in the mouth of the first fish you catch. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to pull out the temple tax coin. Okay. It's the two of hearts right there. Yeah, yeah this, look at yeah. that. <laughs> this is not... This is not the cast the net and it's so full you can't bring it in. This is just a specific, you're going to get a fish and it's going to have a... Now, would there have been fish big enough or whatever? You know, we know there's fish big enough to swallow Jonah. You know, it doesn't have to be a whale. <laughs> but, you know, sure. have a coin in the mouth. I'm sure that if I'm not a fisher person, I don't do that. I Well, I guess I could if I wanted, but I never... What does expose that? Maybe you in Alaska did a lot of fishing, right? You know, I like to fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but there's stuff that you'll find in like hooks and yep. other things in their mouth, right? Sure. In fish, what they swallow, I don't know, but uh, so, but this has got to be specific because it's a specific about you know, it's like right. you're going to find a silver dollar with Abraham Lincoln's picture <laughs> or with uh, John F. Kennedy's picture or something. And, <laughs> I, I love the the. Um, pretext that jesus gives like yeah well you know as the son of god i really should be exempt from the from the temple tax <laughs> but right <laughs> for the sake of everyone else we'll pay it <laughs> yeah so everybody else knows yes this is a thing that we'll do and i'm i'm exempt but this thing will do because it's the right thing so everybody knows that we still trust in the true God, and he had for many centuries revealed his presence in the temple in Jerusalem, so sure, we'll do that for yep. now. For now, we'll do that. <laughs> and just God provides it for him, his, yeah. or he, he as God provides it. Yeah, so. yeah. Great chapter, don't you think? Yeah. Chapter 17, good stuff. So, And uh, the best part is it's this all is most, most certainly, certainly true. true. joining us in our effort to read and grow through the Gospel of Matthew. We'd love to share more Jesus with you. Learn more about Grace at our website, www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, Bible study resources, links to our digital media resources, our pastor's contact info, and a lot more about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.